This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everybody, Tim McMaster here along with Jordan Bastion, our MLB.com Indians reporter. A couple of weeks till opening day, things kind of starting to come together. Players getting sent down to the minor leagues. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, Danny Salazar working his way back from the injury. But I wanted to talk a lot about Trevor Bauer on this podcast. Uh, Jordan, you got a chance to really get in depth with Trevor about his pitching in the off season. And I mean, it got kind of philosophical, I guess. And, and the slider was a big part of it. You put the entire transcript on your blog and it's great. Everybody should read it. If you like pitching, like the thought process behind pitching, because Bauer really opened up and, and it was a great read. And then he went out on Monday and he had eight strikeouts and he threw that slider. So let's start with Monday and then we'll get into the other stuff. But it um, yeah. seems like everything's kind of working for this guy right now and Monday felt good for him. Yeah, I mean, over the, the offseason, he really focused on the slider. Um, as you mentioned, we can kind of get into the specifics on that in a minute, but it's a different version than the one he threw down the stretch last year when he was sort of looking for a pitch to survive with um, when things weren't going right for him, found something that worked but wasn't happy with it. So he went in the winter looking to refine it and really focused on fastball slider work, a uh, little bit of changeup over the offseason, didn't really throw his curveball much at all uh, during the winter. And that continued early on in camp where he's just really honing in on the slider. Uh, so what we saw on Monday was the first time that he, he sort of unleashed his full arsenal of pitches in a game setting with hitters. Obviously, the pitching line uh, spoke to some of the results that he got with it. And one thing that he said, and, and Terry Francona said as well, is once he introduced the other pitches, you could really start to see how the slider worked in conjunction with those other pitches. And Francona was very pleased with that sort of element, that he felt that introducing the curveball actually made the slider more effective. And I think that's kind of what Trevor's going for here is the different types of speed layers and the different type of movements on this variety of pitches. He wants them to all work together to, to give the hitter, you know, when that ball reaches that sort of tunnel between the mound and home, you know, he wants that batter to, to be confused because this ball could go in any direction and could be coming at uh, three different layers of velocity. Uh, and so far, uh, the results have been strong with it. He's been happy with it. Obviously, this is spring training, so you take it for what it's worth, which is when the season starts, it's worth nothing. But once you get into the season, it will be very interesting now that he has taken the success of down the stretch last year with a slider he developed on the fly, and now he's entering a season with a slider that he's far more comfortable with and feels actually will work better with his other pitches. 
And the, the key to the slider, I think, because the curve is obviously a pitch that drops vertically. The mm-hmm. slider is a pitch that will go side to side. And he got it by basically copying some of the best sliders, right? Not that he throws the exact same way, but he's got a teammate with a pretty good one in Corey Kluber, uh, Marcus Stroman, I guess, the other guy. And he actually, in in your conversation with him, he talked about it, right? The super slow-mo video of these guys that he's able to kind of look at and really just copy the way that they grip and throw the ball to to mimic it as best as he can because he has so much respect for their pitches. Yeah, and I think it's easy. So, like, when a fan hears, oh, he's going to try and throw a Corey Cooper slider, you know, I think the the basic level of that is, oh, he's going to look at what the grip is and, you know, he's going to try and, and mimic that. But you got to remember, like, every single player in baseball is physically built differently. Their arms are different lengths. Their hands are different sizes. You know, their arm slots are slightly different from where they're releasing the ball. So just because you want to throw Corey Kluber's pitch, if you're not built like Corey Kluber, you have to find a way to throw it like Corey Kluber. So, you know, he watched in very, you know, I think he said 2,000 frames a second video. Um, Same with Stroman. He tried to find some video that he could really pour into um, and then, you know, went to work on putting push pins and baseballs, filming himself over and over. Um, he said the, the first throwing session uh, with his dad, you know, he said for six hours they discussed how to go about this, and then for the next six hours it was a throwing session. And this is not that long after the season ended, so this is not a guy that takes a lot of time off. I mean, he goes right into it. He said it was a 12-hour day, and it was finally at the end of that day after throwing a pitch, watching it in slow motion, then making a, an adjustment to pressure points, or grip, uh, you know, finally he sort of found the where the data would spit out movement numbers and spin rates that looked more in line with what he was trying to do to get it to sort of Kluber's pitch and also to Stroman's pitch. And once you get there, he said he kind of, he called it burning it into his brain, just watching that slow-mo video of his arm doing it over and over and over until he felt like he had visually mastered what he needed to do. Then came the stage of facing hitters and things like that. So it's a really interesting process because, like I said, it sounds really simple. Hey, look at how Kluber pitches it, you know, and use that grip and throw it. But it's not that simple, and I think Trevor went into a lot of great detail, as you mentioned in that Q&A that I have pinned to my Twitter page right now because it's get, you know gotten a lot of positive feedback and things like that. So you can go right there and find it. But he goes really into the, the process of what it takes to mimic a pitch. It's not simply going, hey, Corey, how do you throw it? You know, it's a lot more complicated than that. The other thing that stood out to me from that conversation was the big picture plan that he's had. That he this was the one of the final steps here to get the slider. But when you go back through the years, he's kind of planned out these off seasons to uh, to get himself to be a guy who would stay healthy be in the right shape to up the velocity and then to work on the slider it's been a year-by-year thing where he didn't try to do it all at once and he said he's blessed in the fact that um, he was a high enough draft pick that he's been given the time to work this out which is important not everybody can do that Um, but just the fact that he's had this big picture idea over the course of years just amazes me yeah it's everything for Trevor Bauer is kind of like a a scientific process. His dad's an engineer. He was raised sort of with that mindset of, you know, testing, evaluating, refining, and repeating that process over and over. And, you know, really, he is his biggest science project. Um, He's not a guy that 
you know, he'll be the first to say, like, he's not that athletic of a guy. But this has been a lifelong endeavor, and he's turned himself into this major league pitcher. You know, and, uh, you know, he's like, I have friends who jump higher and run faster. But he says no one will ever outwork me. And, you know, when you spend any time with him, you can you start to believe it because you see what he does over the winter. And that was a great point you mentioned, though, because he, and I thought it was uh, important that he mentioned it, too, that not a lot of professional athletes are in that position where they can afford to take such a long view uh, for a development plan. A lot of guys, you know, if you're trying to make a team or impress or climb the, the organizational ladder, you're going to look at what's working to get results so you can t- continue to move forward. He knew he had a little bit more flexibility to say, hey, I'm going to work on my delivery this year, and the results are going to be bad. I mean, he was very upfront his first year when he came over about, like, don't look at my results this year. They're not going to be good. And he talked a little bit about that in that interview, that he knew that the physical undertaking of the delivery was going to mess with the results. But he knew that once he had the, the delivery in place and the health in place, that's when he could start focusing then on the next layer, velocity, and then on the next layer, you know, refining his pitch repertoire. You know, so I think, uh, like you said, very interesting stuff that he, you know, this was a multi-year planned process for him. And we asked him, do you feel like you're close to being what you envisioned when we first talked to you about this when you were traded to the Indians several years ago? And he said if this slider works out, then he feels like this might be what he envisioned. And then from there on out, the big project stuff gets kind of pushed aside and it becomes more, uh, you know, tiny projects within pitching, whether it's, he mentioned, virtual reality uh, stuff to, to see how hitters react or, you know, different types of studies that he could do within his game. But he feels like him as a pitcher, he feels like this project is nearing uh, the completion from what he started about four years ago. You have to give the Indians credit, too, for having the patience to stick with him, and, and he's certainly become that guy. It's very interesting stuff. All right, some other stuff I did want to get to, though. Um, Bauer's yep. fascinating, but uh, the team has sent some some of the players down to the minor league camp, including Francisco Mejia, obviously a top prospect, um, a catching prospect who can hit, and the questions all along have been, is he going to get the catching up to the level where where it's worth having him up for that, whereas the Indians already have two great catchers. So it's quite a dilemma, and I guess he's going to go to the minors, and he's not just going to catch, right? He's going to play some outfield. Yeah, and I think the important thing that Francona stressed to Mejia and stressed to reporters, and he continues to repeat it, is he's a catcher. You know, they want to make that very clear that this is not – any type of criticism of him, him as a catcher, they actually they think he has a great arm. They love his game calling ability. You know, he's still working to clean up uh, his mechanics with his transfer a little bit. That's something he's worked a lot with Roberto Perez and Sandy Alomar on. So the Indians are saying, like, look, this guy's a frontline catcher, and they told him if you only want to catch, you know, we will support you in that, and that's what you can do in when you go down to AAA. But they also laid out. The, the, the road to the big leagues. I mean, they feel that this kid is a very polished hitter and the type of hitter that is advanced enough where he could be impacting this club, you know, pretty soon here. So they kind of go, look, we have two veteran major league catchers in Jan Gomes and Roberto Perez who profile as two of the top defensive catchers in the game and are hitting in the lower third of the lineup. So it's not like they're being relied upon solely for their offense. It's the defense and the game calling and, and the rapport that they've built with the pitching staff 
for a contending team that is that's of the biggest priority. And so right now there's not room for you know a 21, 22-year-old rookie catcher to come in and run this pitching staff. But at the same time, they think he could help them offensively. So they're trying to find other avenues. That's why in the Arizona Fall League he played a little third base. That experiment's over. Um, but now they're going to see if he can run out to the outfield on the days he's not catching um, and if that's a, a viable solution. Because if a need comes up and they feel like he's the hitter that's best positioned to help them and impact the major league team, they don't want to get in the way of calling him up just because they like the tandem they have at the major league level behind the plate. All right, one more thing to get to with you, and that is Danny Salazar continues to try to yeah. make his way back. Obviously, there's some frustration as he makes his way back, but they don't want to rush him, and that seems like it's the key here as the team is being patient, and he just has to be patient too. Yeah, it's an important layer of depth because behind the front five, you know, he's the main uh, guy behind them, and you know he could easily be a number one on some teams. But the injury issues of the past couple of years have seemingly – cropped up in the middle of the year and then derailed him in the second half and then basically taken him out of the mix once the postseason rolls around as a starting option. He wants to avoid that this year, and the Indians want to avoid that too. So they're slow playing his comeback from this right shoulder inflammation. You know, He's getting closer to getting up on a mound, but he's going to open on the DL. And I think he's realizing that, look, like I'm dealing with this. We need to be conservative because he doesn't want to be in a position again where – Come October, you know, the Indians pitching staff's the backbone of this team and the reason they believe they're a legit World Series contender. He doesn't want to be in a position where, once again, he's not available to help in that regard. Uh, so I think he feels that they are doing it at the right pace. The Indians obviously believe they're doing the right approach to this. And, you know, he's just slowly working through this throwing program and should be on the mound here soon and hopefully an option uh, not too long into the regular season. And adds that depth to the rotation for sure. All right, if you don't already follow Jordan on Twitter, it's ML Bastion, and he mentioned that uh, that great Trevor Bauer transcript is pinned there. So make sure you check that out. Fascinating stuff uh, with Jordan and Trevor Bauer. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Indians edition. For Jordan Bastion, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.